0: Uh, If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter eight. We'll be in chapter eight and nine today. Um, In our studies in Matthew, we're we're moving rather quickly. Um, The book of Matthew, as you know, has twenty eight chapters, but Matthew is intricately wanting to show us that Jesus is the long expected King. He's the Messiah, and the Messiah is not just for the Jewish people, but for all people. Um, He is for the Gentiles too. And so we've seen that Jesus fulfills the prophecies (coughs) in chapter, uh, excuse me, (coughs) chapter uh, two. Um, He fulfills the Old Testament prophecies. And then John the Baptist, excuse me one second, John the Baptist uh, has a message of repentance and faith, Um, and with it comes words that are um, confrontational. He says uh, to the religious leaders um, who warned you uh, to flee from the wrath to come. You brood of vipers, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able uh, from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire." And so he speaks of coming judgment. Um, And then Jesus comes and the light dawns, the dawn of the kingdom, and he speaks. And so last week we saw uh, the message of the king. Today we'll see the power of the king. Uh, and next, next time, we'll see the mission of the king. And so, chapter 8, um, we'll, I'll read it at length, uh, just so we can see the whole composite of what Matthew wants us to see. So, Matthew 8 and 9. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt bef- before him, saying, Lord if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, To my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother in law lying sick with a fever. He touched her, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet isaiah he took our illnesses and bore our diseases now when jesus saw a crowd around him he gave orders to go over to the other side And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tomb so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave the, their region. And getting into a boat, he crossed over the, and came to the, his own city. And behold, some people brought him to a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, When the crowd saw it, they were afraid. They and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. And, as sorry as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. Then he said to him, "Follow me." And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners The disciples of John came to him saying why do we and the Pharisees fast but your disciples do not fast and Jesus said to them can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them and the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch tears away the garment and the worse is uh, worse, the tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had, put, uh, had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand. And the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it but they went away and spread his fame through all that district. As they were going away, behold a demon oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke and the crowds marveled saying, never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said he casts out demons by the Prince of demons. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. The word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. Um, Have you ever been terrified? I was thinking about my, um, I think we try to uh, forget those moments in our lives. Uh, but every year I tell a story to my students that are seven years old, most of them, and uh, we are supposed to tell a small moment story. It's a, a moment in our lives. that's a true moment, and uh, we're supposed to focus on it in detail. So I tell the oldest story I can remember. Uh, I was four years old. I was in my bedroom. My parents had put me to bed, um, and it was pitch dark, and I was terrified my eyes were like as big as the cartoons um, because I thought I saw strangers in my bedroom and I was so scared, I was terrified. My heart was thump, 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 thump. I wanted to cry for my mom and dad for help, but I knew if I cried, then the strangers might get me. So I just sat there tormented uh, for that long, dark night at four years old so i know that's very deep but that's my earliest memory i think so but have you ever been terrified or have you ever uh have you ever been trapped trapped in a circumstance trapped in a situation that endured for years um in this chapter in these chapters we see many people real people and uh what i want what i what i hope we can see today is these people have flesh and blood and real hurts and real struggles just like us but when the king comes uh, we see that he comes with power and authority and so the first scene we see here is a leper Uh, jesus came to this leper and There are three uh, different occasions in these chapters where the people are unclean, according to the Old Testament law. And so what that meant is they were cut off from the community, they were outside the camp. They couldn't be with the people. And the reality is sin affects us in many different ways. Sin makes us feel shame. Sin makes us feel guilt. Sin makes us afraid, uh, the consequences of it. And so this man, his body was broken from a disease. um, And it endured. It went on and on and on. He was essentially living a life of quarantine uh, with others who would have skin disease as well. And he, he reaches out. It says that he knelt before Jesus, and he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be clean. And so something astonishing happens. If, if the people were to touch somebody with this disease, they too would be unclean. But Jesus, in, in fact, removes, removes the disease and fulfills the law as well at the same time. He's not breaking the law because the man is no longer unclean. So he tells him, go to the priest, go. And and do what Moses in the law told you to do. Um, Tell them, basically, God has healed you. Um, But he also says, keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. The next person, the centurion, um, he's a man with a heart of mercy. Um, He, I suppose, could have been off. um, and, and, And this strikes me. He could have been concerned about himself. Uh, he's a man of great authority but he cares about his servant and he says my servant is paralyzed and he's suffering terribly and so he goes to jesus on behalf of his servant and jesus says i'll come to you and um he says i'm not worthy to come under your roof uh and, and this the centurion a roman citizen was a soldier was a gentile and jesus says to him uh, you know I haven't seen faith like yours in all of Israel. Um, Jesus marveled uh, and said to him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And uh, something so striking about this, uh, Matthew wants us to see the authority of Jesus, and the centurion kind of uh, prepares us for what's going to happen in this future encounter. He says, When I say to one, go, he goes to another, come, he comes to my servant, do this, he does this. What were the words that Jesus said to the demons in the two men with all the demons? Just one word. He said, go. And they went. Um, And so the centurion, uh, Jesus marvels at this foreigner's faith. And Jesus tells us that people from the east and the west are going to recline at the table of Abraham and the sons of the kingdom, that is descendants of Abraham, uh, physical descendants or national Israel will be cast out into utter darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth unless they uh, go and have faith in Jesus, the Messiah. And so Matthew's preparing us for another theme in Matthew's gospel. And that is one of rejection. Jesus will be rejected. John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own uh, um, rejected him. He didn't receive him. Uh, He came to his own people, but they received him not. But all that received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. And so Gentiles from the east and the west come to the table of Abraham. And that's a picture of the church, of course. And we see that Jesus is building his church throughout Matthew's gospel. And people from every tongue and tribe and nation will be there and so Jesus heals many and he has power over skin diseases power over paralysis power over uh, sickness um, the mother-in-law was lying with a fever and he touched her hand it says um, I, I I don't want to miss these these small moments and these small movements of Jesus because when he touches uh, a hand um, it shows the heart of god and the power of god to heal and so she rose up and served them and he cast out many demons it says here and this fulfilled the prophecy in the book of isaiah uh, chapter 53 jesus is walking among the crowds as a servant and healing them and setting at liberty the captive But this prepares us for his ultimate work on the cross. He is the suffering servant. If we look at this verse, he took our illnesses and bore our diseases. If we look at that back in chapter 53, it shows us all of the other work he will do. Um, He will uh, die for his people. Next, Jesus, um, there's a few teaching incidences within these chapters. And this one's called uh, about the cost of um, following Jesus or the, what true discipleship is. So imagine this scribe comes up, he spends his life in the scriptures, he's really excited and he says, I want to follow you, I want to follow you. Um, I'm sure he's seen the miracles, he's heard the stories. Uh, this scribe says, I will follow you wherever you go. And so in his mind, he's probably thinking, wow, we're going to the palace, uh, we're going to um, have a comfortable, uh, magnificent life on earth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, well, you know, those foxes, they have holes in the birds. They have nests, but I do not have a place to lay my head. And right now he's in Capernaum without a pillow. And so, um, the son of God comes in such humility. And so in these chapters, I see the power and authority of Jesus, But also we see the humility of Jesus and the faith that people have in him, namely the faith of the centurion. And also later, the the one who reaches out. Um, It was uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And that of Jairus, the the ruler. Um, And so. Jesus tells this man, and he kind of disorients him. He says, I want to be your disciple. And Jesus gives him a true picture of what discipleship is. um, A disciple is not above his master. We'll look at that next week. And um, nor is a servant above his master. And so Jesus is going to the cross, and those who would follow him are going to have to embrace suffering. Next, we see one of the most amazing encounters in, in, in the life of Jesus, I think. Um, the, the, the storm, uh, the disciples are terrified, they are swamped by waves, and Jesus is sleeping. And then he says, uh, speaks to the wind and to the waves. He rebukes them, re- re- rebukes the sea, and there was a great calm. And their question is what sort of man is this? It's kind of the center of these chapters. Who is Jesus? And really, that's the climax of this book. Um, all, all that Jesus is saying, all that he is doing, is having disciples ask this question. Who is he really? What sort of king is he? Well, the demons tell us who he is. Uh, in, the, in the battle, it, it's really interesting. In the Bible, we see that angels know who Jesus is, and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth Is full of his glory. Demons know who Jesus is, James chapter 2, and they tremble. (laughs) And here we see the demons flat-out call, O Son of God. They know who they are. They know that they are creatures, and Jesus is is creator, and he is the eternal Son of God, and he is the man Christ Jesus in one. And so these, these demons give clarity to us. And the battle is for our hearts and for our minds as humans there's all kinds of philosophies all kinds of religions all kinds of humans trying to figure out what is true what is good what is beautiful the demons know and they 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 provide kind of a a bit of they act as evangelists a little bit here they tell us the truth about who jesus is he's the son of god and when he says go they go and they do and <clears throat> they are begging Jesus and they, and they speak about it. And they say, you're going to, are you going to, um, have you come to torment us? All these people are tormented by evil and darkness and sin. And, and they say to Jesus, the, the final ruler, have you come to torment us uh, before the time? And so they know their time is coming, uh, as we saw in Psalm 37. And that gives us much comfort, much help that we know that a day is coming when God will deal with all evil. And so they were uh, afraid and um, Jesus cast them out. Uh, Next, we see a paralytic and Jesus speaks about the authority to forgive sins. And it's actually easier. His point is it's easier to say you are forgiven than to show his power. But he says so that you know That I have the authority to forgive sins. I'll show you and he does and the man walks Next he calls Matthew and he tells the religious leaders who are upset about the kind of king and the kind of Messiah Um, They don't believe he's the Messiah, but they the kind of leader he is And he says I want you to ponder this and it's good for all of us to ponder this this week verse 13 of chapter 9 go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice for, I came to call the righteous, but uh, not call the righteous, but sinners. And so Jesus is showing them that they, with all of their knowledge of the Bible, all of their knowledge of God, should all, should use it with a heart of mercy for God's heart is one of mercy. And Jesus shows us on the cross that he, shows mercy through sacrifice. They were so concerned about the rituals and keeping all of those things, uh, but they were not concerned about the people. And we see here, Jesus is touching people, healing people, engaging with those who are broken and hurting. There's a question about fasting. Jesus says, it's not time to fast when it's a joyful occasion, basically. And then there's this a bit of a parable in verse 16 and 17, Uh, focusing on an old garment that's really valuable, and the new wine that's really valuable. And so Jesus is showing these uh, disciples and the uh, Pharisees, uh, the religious leaders, that there's great value in the old, and that that he comes and brings the new, but he's not going to destroy the old or the new. Both are going to be preserved. And so Matthew, again, is a bridge for the Old Testament, the New Testament. Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Paul would go on to explain we're not under the law, but under grace. But God's grace enables us to fulfill the law, and, uh, which is a whole other sermon and very complex. But the point is this. Jesus comes and preserves it all. It all points to him, and it all makes sense in him. And they had old wineskins. They had their own framework, their own way of thinking and understanding, but they weren't willing to change. So they couldn't hold the new wine. They couldn't hold the new teaching. They thought was new teaching, which was actually true teaching. And so um, Jesus comes and calls us to repentance and faith. This ruler comes to Jesus and kneels before him. The leper knelt, the ruler knelt, uh, we're told his name in the other Gospels and that he was a prominent man. Um, but he has such great faith. And he says, my, my daughter has died. Come, lay your hand on her and she will live. He believes. He has deep faith. And then on the way to heal her, uh, there's a a woman who's suffered for 12 years. And she reaches out just to touch him. Another Gospel, Mark tells us that jesus perceived that power had left from him and she was healed and he says take heart daughter your faith has made you well now faith in and of itself doesn't make us well it's god that makes us well god heals but god works through our faith to make us well and to heal us and so all of this here in matthew 8 and 9 is pointing to the authority of Jesus as the powerful King. And uh, the two blind men, they call out, have mercy on us. Again, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Have mercy on us, son of David, pointing to Jesus is the expected Messiah, the King. And um, there was a mute who was unable to speak, oppressed by demons and they say never was anything like this seen in israel so the pharisees have to reckon with this Um, i don't know if you've heard this before there was there's a man in the united states he was president number three i think i should know this Um, thomas jefferson he read through the gospels he took what he liked and he cut out with scissors what he couldn't understand what he didn't like so instead of repenting instead of Forsaking himself and his sin and embracing God in his grace. He chose to make a Jesus that he could kind of in his own Understanding or his own image. I guess mm-hmm. he liked the teaching of Jesus, but the miracles come on do miracles really happen They do <laughs> they did The Pharisees could not deny the miracles of Jesus. And so they had to explain it some way They say it's not God. It can't be God So it's got to be Satan the only other power that they knew So he said he casts out demons by the prince of demons. Well, verse 35 is kind of the end of a big section. It's almost the same verse as chapter 4, 23. Uh, It's called an inclusio, and it just summarizes Jesus' early ministry. It says he went through all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Does Jesus make a difference in your life, in my life? I mean, we're in a pandemic. Um, some people get mad at me. Uh, or I've, I've, you know, for, for, for my faith, you know, not being upset, not being... Um, I, I do get upset. I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I, I, I don't sleep in the boat like, like he did. But um, I do... I have grasped that in, in this world in all around us, there is another kingdom. There's a heavenly one. There's another dimension. There's power in Jesus, and he is with us. And so if we embrace him and we embrace his word, we embrace embrace him as king and and think about his kingdom, it can really free us from being distraught about the kingdoms of this earth that are really seem to be crumbling. We know that as the kingdoms of this world are coming down, they're becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, it will, it will happen. God promises that and he will reign forever and ever. And so I just wanna really encourage you with Paul's prayer in Ephesians one. Um, it's interesting when you look at his prayers, he doesn't usually pray for the circumstances to change. He always prays for Christians to know God better, to know God better, and so in Ephesians one, as we close, Paul prays for three things. He prays that their the heart would be opened, that they would have light, um, to know God. And sorry, I'm trying to find Ephesians. Here we go. He says uh, this. So let's close with this, and then in, in prayer. For this reason because i heard of your faith in the lord jesus and your love toward all the saints i do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in all my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him in these three things he prays having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you? And what are the, number two, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And three, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places? far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you that you are with us. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you that he's a powerful king. Uh, Jesus, you are not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of the dark. (laughs) You're not afraid of demons. You're not afraid of storms. You're not afraid of pandemics. Uh, You're not afraid of uh, any type of disease. You have authority to forgive sins. You have authority to touch our hands and heal us that we rise up and serve. You have authority to teach what is true and and to guide us help us to have hearts that are sensitive to you in this time help us to hear your voice through the scriptures because you are reigning and you sit on the throne help us to grasp the hope that you have for us help us wean our hearts off this world and help us to thirst for heaven And I pray, Heavenly Father, for my brothers and sisters, I pray that they would know the riches that they have in Christ Jesus. I pray that we would uh, have a deep, deep uh, relationship with you. Just as these people were touched by you and their lives were forever changed, I pray that you would forever change us, Lord, what is a difficult and dark time. And I pray, Lord, that we would know the power, uh, your power, the same power that raised you from the dead, we'd have that in our lives. So give us power over anxiety, power over fear. Um, We're so much like the disciples. We have little faith. um, But I pray that you would help our faith to be strong and you would carry us. Help us to consider who you are and the implications that you are a powerful king and you're with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.